This episode of the Duke Basketball Report podcast is brought to you by those fine gentlemen at Bird Campbell, PA. Bird Campbell means business. Duke fans, hello and welcome to episode 141 of the Duke Report podcast. That is right. I did not include the word basketball. Basketball has ended. Zion Williamson ended the game tonight. Um, We are recording 30 minutes after the conclusion of the Duke Clemson game. And uh, I am I am running this shit this uh, this evening. I am Donald Wine. I am coming to you from somewhere new. Sam, Sam, you're in Durham. Tell the people where I am. Well, based on the echo that's coming in through my bedroom door, it sounds like Donald is somewhere in the vicinity of sitting on my couch uh, in my apartment in Durham. I am in Durham. Sam brought me down here. He was able to get us tickets, uh, and I'm certainly glad he did that because we were able to see some pretty awesome shit. Um, I will bring in our other third guy, uh, uh, Jason Evans down in Atlanta. Jason, why aren't you here in Durham? Uh, so I'm not in Durham and I'm not in Atlanta for, for the same reason. Uh, you thought I was in Atlanta. I'm actually in Philadelphia. Um, it's going to sound like such a bummer. Uh, my, my wife's grandmother died. And so I have a funeral, <laughs> but oh, she yes, was right. we, she was laughing. Jason, come wait, on, wait, man. Wait, let's hold on. She was 101 and, um, she just turned 101 about a month and a half ago. And completely with it like she knew exactly what was going on she knew who she was she knew who all of us were she knew what was going on in the world up until the very end if you get to be 101 and you still can count your fingers and toes and know who all your family is you have won the game of life this woman 100 percent won the game of life there's no sadness in a, in in that kind of a death because she had such an amazing she, <laughs> when she was alive people didn't have cars Let's just <laughs> let's that's be weird. clear about wow. that. Yes, that's, yes, that's insane. Yeah, like, that's called the job well done. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. recipes. But that is a that is a job well done. One hundred and one years old. Very, very yes. well done. Uh, but you guys, you know what? Let's get into why we're here tonight, um, and that is the sport formerly known as basketball. Um, Duke, <laughs> like I said a few minutes ago, Duke just completed an eighty-seven to sixty-eight victory over the Clemson Tigers. Um, we're going to get into all of it, but, uh, Sam and I were in the building. So I'm going to start with that guy and that's recording about 10 feet away from me, Sam, let's start off with the flying bulldozer known as Zion Williamson. Please tell me about him. Go. I mean, he started the game off with the dunk. He had the, he had the putback that, that sort of put life into the building, right? Cameron's been silent for a few weeks. We haven't seen the blue devils since we haven't seen them at all since, they played Texas Tech in the garden on the back on the 20th. They haven't been in Cameron since a little bit before that. So uh, Cameron was a little bit asleep at the beginning there tonight, but it woke right up with Zion's first dunk in the first half to uh, to to put the Blue Devils first two points on the board. But then, I mean, we have to skip ahead to the second half and we have to skip ahead to Zion Williamson stealing the ball around midcourt. The Blue Devils were playing unbelievable defense the whole night trapping um making clemson feel like they had nowhere to put the ball and and this was the this was the cherry right on top the very enormous scary cherry right on top that did a 360 dunk 
uh, all over Clemson in the in the replay that at least Donald and I saw the the view from from the main television camera was such that you couldn't see anybody else in the shot other than other than Zion's hulking terrifying figure just just wailing on the rim um and it shook Cameron to its to its core it, it was it was really I mean we've seen I I've been in most of the home games uh, this year so far in Cameron and I've seen some incredible Zion dunks that thing that thing was something else I mean he he levitated and then he spun around in a full circle and then he dunked the basketball on like a really forceful down downward angle uh, and it just sent the whole building roaring and it actually reminded me I Donald I mentioned this to you uh, I remember being at a game back in 2009 so that would be now 10 years ago when I was first a student here when Elliot Williams did a similar thing, but it was like in garbage time and and he was showboating a little bit and did a 360 dunk and Coach K immediately pulled him out of the game and didn't let him get back in. And I think he he may have even benched him for the next game or, or, or cut his minutes. Zion Williamson, they, Clemson called a timeout after, after that 360 dunk. They all went to the bench and then Zion Williamson came right back out on the floor. Maybe even maybe Coach K in his old age is starting to appreciate the the showmanship of this whole thing because man, it was a show tonight. And on top of that, I started to talk about the the quality of the defense this evening. the The offense was a little disjointed for Duke. I thought that they looked like you know that they were still trying to get into wait, the rhythm. Wait, 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 yeah. wait. What? You're, you're what? Okay, first we're going to talk more. I want to talk about, more about that dunk, and then I'll then you can go on about the rest of the game. There are things to say about the game, but you 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 talked about that dunk. We got to finish talking about that dunk first. I feel like I used a lot of, I feel like I used a lot of big words already. Jason, do you have more big words to use for that dunk? Or uh, more like, is there more like automatopoeia that you have? Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what more you want to say. Go ahead and say it, Jason. Well, you, so, we're all thinking it. Go ahead and say it. <laughs> so uh, the uh, after the game, um, ESPN interviewed Zion because, of course, they did. Um, and they asked him about the dunk. He said it was poetry in motion. He said he <laughs> had not decided what he was going to do until like the second he took off. And they asked him to name it. And God, I wish he had some, you know, unreal name. But unfortunately, he said he couldn't really. He goes, it was just a 360, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's done that before in a game, in a high school game. And everyone's like, oh, that's cool. But he'll never get to do that in college. And he just did it in college. Um, uh, and, and not like in garbage time with like 11 minutes left in the game. Wait, hold on. Can we talk about but I was gonna RJ say, Barrett's? Wait. Can we talk about RJ Barrett's reaction? Yes, that's what I was going to get to. Um, every, <laughs> Jason, every Did you see this? In the shot, in the shot with, with the camera that was like coming from the, the end of the court, you can see RJ Barrett leap in the air along with Zion Williamson because he just he's too excited and just doesn't know what else to do. So he just he just raises his legs in the air like it, it like he's a like he's a leprechaun or something. It, and, it and literally just, was every Duke fan's reaction around the world. Everyone, <laughs> I'm sure, of like tens of millions of people, as he was about to jump, jump with him. They just didn't I jump had to hold. He did. I had to hold Donald. Yes, I almost jumped out of camera. <laughs> <laughs> it was ridiculous. You know, he uh, said Zion said Zion said the reason he loves those kind of dunks, the reason he, you know, is so into it is because it um it it, it ignites his teammates and it ignites Cameron and he said he loves it when this place, you know, really gets loud and gets excited. But 
are you ready for this? I'm ready. They asked him which he enjoys more, dunking or blocking shots. And he said he enjoys block shots more because the defense drives the offense for this team. Um, now, I thought I was I felt like I was listening to Coach K when he said that because I could tell Coach K has probably driven that into these guys' heads over and over and over again. Play defense hard, it'll drive your offense. Play defense hard, it'll drive your offense. But Zion seems fully bought in and he had some block shots that were just crazy. They were they were ugly because when you saw them, your face scrunched up and you went, Ugh! and you had yeah. like this ugly look on your face from, it was from bitter the beer unbelievable. Face yeah. <laughs> yes, it was unbelievable his block shots. I mean, and then even, the last thing about the dunk, and then, even being uh, in last the room, the dunk, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say last thing about the dunk, and then we can get back to Sam because he was gonna do the whole offense defense. He was gonna actually talk about the the game, other than the five seconds of Look, Zion. We were Duke basketball <laughs> report until a few minutes ago. Yeah, <laughs> now we're just a Duke report. We can talk about whatever you want. But I was gonna say the the other thing I noticed was um, uh, I freeze, I, I froze it on my television screen. He was looking down at the rim. His eyes were above the rim. How how does a human being do that? I do not know. It's just insane. And it's crazy. And not only did he do that, but he he had completed a 360 before his eyes were above the rim in the process of dunking. Mm-hmm. He could have like, gone like, more. Like I can I can jump in the air and turn around. I actually think I can do that. Um, like standing. I, I think I can jump and do a 360, but my eyes are <laughs> wait, on the wait, ground wait. and then I okay. and then I hold crumple it, in it. a heap. Hold it. Uh Donald. Yes. Um, after we're done with this, um, you need to get your phone. Sam is going to jump in the air and do Wait, it. Wait, do you want me to do this now? <laughs> I can do this. Donald can watch me do this now. I can I, put I'll my, watch him do it right now. Oh, wait, 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 wait. It has what? to be recorded. It must be recorded. And and the video must be posted online someplace so that everyone can see Sam do a 360 jump. All right. Donald's going to Donald's gonna get his phone out. And I'm, I'm going to talk. Is your phone out, Donald? I, it is out and it is ready. All right. This is going to be the worst radio we've like. We've done some bad. <laughs> we've done some bad content on the show. We're gonna we're gonna now demonstrate Sam. That's me. I'm going to to jump in my apartment and and turn around in a circle. And Donald's going to take a video of it. And then we're going to post it online. I guess. Yes. Somehow. I will post yep. it. On, I will post it on the DBR Twitter. Um, on the for, DBR Twitter for everyone. <laughs> You're going to post it on the this DBR is, Twitter. This is <laughs> live. This is live content. This is this what is happens. Awful. When this you react awful. to okay. a game like this, when, when I come back, I'm probably going to be breathing heavily, uh, <laughs> and then and and then I'm going to analyze the game like a human being. Is that? Are we okay with like that? That's fine. That's fine. All right, here we go. Here we go. You guys keep talking. I'm going to get in position. Okay. I've so, never been uh, this excited. I'm waiting for this door to open, and it's you know, uh, and here is Sam. He's doing it. He's stretching. He's an old man. He's waving. Oh God! I I wish I had. Skype. Oh, he did it! Oh, he did it! Yo, he did it! He did it! <laughs> <laughs> he did it! <laughs> yeah, this is going straight on, on on the DVR Twitter, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, when you watch, when you listen to this later on, you could go back and then see this video, and you'll know exactly what the context is. This was uh, that. You know what? I almost I almost pulled the groin, but I'm okay. <laughs> oh my I'm gonna, God! I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take. I'm going to take a sip of this delicious, uh, truly spiked, sparkling water that I'm that I'm consuming, and uh, we're going to keep going with the show. How's that sound? Okay, okay, Sam. Uh, you know, with every balanced meal, uh, you have to have the meat and you have to have the veggies. So, uh, when you get back into talking about the rest of the offense, I want to start with uh, the veggies, and I think you know what the veggies are. It, it's Cam Reddish. Uh, what's what's going on with him? I, I, I'm not sure. 
honestly, I, I thought we, I mean, we, we sort of had this discussion. It was either on the last show or the one prior to that, that it, it really doesn't seem like he's, he's clicked on offense and it, wait, wait, tonight, uh, I mean, uh, it, so it's obvious. Are you one, saying, yeah. Are you saying that what? one, one for eight from the floor with six turnovers? And I think he had two air balls on three pointers. You don't think that's clicking? So, man. So what I'm wondering here is I think coach K has a decision to make as far as not having Cam Reddish start anymore because it, it's just not working. Um, I wonder if he's going to do it. And it, it seems fairly clear that at this point, Jack White is much better, at least on offense. Cam Reddish is still very good on defense. I, I don't want to, I don't want to completely bury him here because he's still, he's still very rangy on defense. He still manages to get in passing lanes. He disrupts everybody on this team. It seems like is capable of playing really high quality defense, like like vintage Duke defense when when the time is right. Even like R.J. Barrett does it. Trey Jones, of course, we'll we'll talk about him as much as you want. Um, Cam Reddish still plays great defense, but so does Jack White. And Jack White bodies guys up. Jack White had a couple of had a couple of blocks tonight, like angry blocks. Um, like yes, he did. Ferocious, yes, he scary did. blocks. Duke Duke blocks the ball a lot. I think that's my I think that's my big analysis tonight. Is the Duke blocks the ball a lot, but on offense, I, I I did want to complain about the offense a little bit, just just a bit. It seemed like they were still a little bit rusty from from the break. Perhaps things will improve when they play Drek Forest on on Tuesday night uh, out in Winston Salem. But but tonight the offense, eh, whatever. Only what eighty seven points? How how much was it? Eighty seven. Um, eighty seven. Gosh, they they could have scored ninety six, ninety eight. Uh, maybe even 99 points tonight, and and they just didn't do it. So uh, I I don't know what they're going to do about Cam Reddish. Uh, maybe he's going to play fewer minutes. He, it, it seemed like he he let some of those bad shots get through his head because then he committed a, a few kind of dumb fouls. He turned the ball over a few times. So I, I'm not sure. Donald Donald made the scariest prediction for me personally, which is that he saw. I guess Donald, you saw on some draft board that Cam Reddish was projected. Yeah, NBADraft.net has a mock draft that kind of updates daily. It's it's not very scientific until maybe a few weeks before the draft. But yeah, it it, it has Cam Reddish going to the Washington Wizards. Gosh, and that is so fitting as a as a Washington sports fan. I I a hundred percent see that happening. Even though the Wizards, until very recently, like took no Duke players. They, Austin Rivers. I think we talked about this. Austin Rivers is the first Duke guy they've had on the team since like Christian Leitner. And they and traded gone. him. They traded, they traded him for him. like three months. <laughs> right. And and I am sure that they're gonna be like, no, let's let's try one more Duke guy. They'll get Cam Reddish. He'll brick a bunch of a bunch of shots, and it'll be it'll be the same as Tony Kornheiser famously calls him. It'll be the same Le Boulet that we've been that we've been witnessing in Washington for so many decades, even since before my birth. Somebody can someone cut me off. I don't really, I don't really know what I want to say anymore. And I'm very tired from that jump. Okay. So, Jason, I, I will kick it to you, but I, I have a question for you. We yeah. we've talked to, like I said, we have a well-balanced meal here. Uh, we talked about the meat, Zion Williamson. We talked about the veggies, Cam Reddish. Let's go to dessert and let's talk about Trey Jones. Give me something on Trey Jones, because I thought he played very, very well tonight. Well, uh, you know, there's been talk. People have started to notice Trey Jones' assist-to-turnover ratio. He's at something like 5.7 to 1, which would be among the highest assist-to-turnover ratios in mm-hmm. the history of college basketball. Again, not, not, not the highest this year, 
not the highest in Duke history, not the highest in ACC history. It, it is among the highest assist-to-turnover ratios in the history of college basketball. And tonight, you know, and everyone said, okay, wait, but it's going to come down. Like, for example, his brother, Tyus, uh, through his first 12 games before the ACC season started, Tyus was at like 5.3, um, uh, 5.3 to 1 assist-to-turnover ratio. And so they're like, oh, you know, Tyus and Trey, very, very similar in terms of assist-to-turnover ratio. And, and uh, you know, and, and Tyus ended up at like 3 to 1, which is still incredible. It's great assist-to-turnover ratio. Um, uh, and, and so the expectation is that now that we're entering ACC play, Tyus's ATO is going to start to come down. Well, tonight, nine assists, zero turnovers. Man, that kid, he controls the offense. By the way, early on in the game when Duke was really struggling to score, when when the rust was unbelievably evident, you know, we were getting, you know, Zion was getting putbacks off of offensive rebounds. But other than that, Duke was doing nothing. Tyus suddenly was the guy who, you know, tried to initiate the offense. He took some shots. Um, you know, he he just recognizes what the team needs him to do, and then he does it. And he does it without ever making a mistake. It's it's like crazy. Like that, that that dude. I, I'm I'm running out of words to say about him. Um, but get this, I I actually kind of think he's Duke's MVP. Now, that's not to say he's our best player, but he's, I think, our most valuable player. I think that if Zion Williamson goes to the bench, Duke can still be great. If R.J. Barrett goes to the bench, Duke can still be great. You know, I don't want to knock Jordan Goldwire, but if Tyus Jones is on the bench, I don't think Duke is that great. Um, that's that's what I feel about Tyus Jones. What a What a fabulous game he had. And as long as we're talking about sort of those role players who stepped up, there are two others that really deserve mention. You guys talked a little bit about Jack White. Um, by the way, uh, Jack White was four of six from three-point range in this game. People not named Jack White for Duke were three of 17 from three-point range. We sucked on our outside shots other than Jack White. Um, and, you know, Jack gets steals. He blocks shots. He just plays fabulous fundamental basketball. He gets rebounds. But I want to bring up Marquise Bolden for a second. Uh, uh, guys? Yes, please do. Um, yeah, I, I thought Bolden was – I don't think I've ever seen Bolden be that aggressive and assertive making moves in the post. Um, I, you know, I thought – you know, they didn't all go in. The guy was 5 of 10 from the field, which isn't great. It's not bad. Not great. Um, but, but the fact that he – yeah, well, but and the fact that he took 10 shots, um, it forced – Clemson had to pay attention to him. Um, he was a force on the offensive boards. He had four offensive rebounds. Duke had 12 offensive rebounds as a team. He had a third of them. That's, you know, that's a big deal. He led the team in offensive rebounding. Anytime you got a team with Zion Williamson and you got someone else who leads the team in offensive rebounding, probably a good sign for your team. I thought Marquise Bolden, and and by the way, when we'll get to it later in the Florida State preview. Marquise Bolden is going to be very important for this Duke team going forward against some teams that play more big guys. We've mostly played teams that don't play a lot of big guys so far this year. The ACC has teams with big players, and we are going to need Marquise Bolden. Yeah, I thought Marquise, you know, when we were watching the game, there was a stretch of like a minute and a half. Uh, Let's talk about Jack White first. Jack White like had two rebounds. He had a three-pointer and then like got us, uh, helped force a steal. 
And, and then I think he helped with a block shot at this at the other end and literally was like gassed. He was so tired that he like we were about to go to a TV timeout and he just fouled somebody just so we could get to the TV timeout so he could rest. Like he had a, a minute and a half where he was doing literally everything for the Blue Devils. And then he subs out and comes Marquise Bolden. And then for the next minute and a half, Marquise does the same thing. Um, he, he grabbed a few rebounds. He, he went up for a couple of baskets and the baskets, there's a couple that he missed that he got absolutely hacked to death. Um, and, and so I wasn't, I'm not faulting him for missing some of like two or three of those because two or three of those were at, at, you know, because he got absolutely just murdered and they didn't call it. Uh, but then he'd come right back down, grab the rebound, go back up again, get, get a basket. Uh, and then, you know, help force uh, a bad shot on the other end and grab the rebound and go like that is the basketball that we need uh, from, our bench and from, you know, our guys not, you know, that are, aren't Zion Williamson, RJ Barrett um, and our stars. We need those guys to come through. And, and those two guys did tonight and really helped change the course of the game. Um, Sam, you want to wrap this up for us? Yeah. I don't know that Marquise Bolden has played a better game than he did tonight all this year. And, and we had, I think we had appropriately dogged him a little bit on the show prior to tonight. And he deserves all that credit. What did he have? Hang, like hang on. Or hang on. Well, hang on. What wasn't it? Auburn. Was the the Auburn game? I mean, he, played better, he played better than us against Auburn, but he was great right. tonight. So he let's not he still makes that. <laughs> he still made a few. He still made a few mistakes, but but overall, um, did not let, especially on offense. I think there are times when he's um, when he gets caught up in the moment on offense and and doesn't make the right decisions. But tonight, it felt like he was very in control. He and Javin both um, had a number of a number of good plays under the under the hoop tonight that is it's not really necessarily their bread and butter. Uh, it's not the way that Duke normally scores points, but, but it wasn't, it wasn't, it didn't look bad tonight. So they yeah, made, I, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I go ahead. I said they, they were good. They made what we call hustle mistakes. And when you make hustle mistakes, you can live with them. Um, it's when you're being lazy and, and doing the wrong things when you, and you make mistakes, that's when people get upset. But I'm pretty sure the coaching staff was like those mistakes that they were making were very little and they were in the course of hustling and you can't really be mad at that. I think the, hey, the hey, one hey, thing, hey. Oh, go ahead, Jason. Well, I was going to say, guys, you know, can I ask you all a question? Do you feel like Duke played a good game tonight? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to dwell on that for a second. I, I, I agree. I mean, look, we were clearly really, really rusty. I agree. We didn't play a good game. We were we were pretty good in the second half, but I mean, there there are a lot of guys who we know can play a lot, lot, lot. RJ, you know, had an all right game. He was, you know, I, I it was a below average game for RJ Barrett. RJ Barrett's a great player, so below average for him is still pretty good. Cam was awful. Zion was Zion was spectacular. Um, uh, he was he you know this was top half of Zion's games and Trey was good but they're not a lot you know I, this this wasn't a great game for Duke we just beat a team that is going to be in the tournament they're top thirty top forty in the country um and and we beat them by twenty points in a game that we didn't play that well I mean that sort of talks about the ceiling of this team it's and the floor to some extent I mean. I know Virginia's great. I'm looking forward to that Virginia game. Virginia put up just an absolute ridiculous beatdown on Florida State today. But man, other than the true, 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 true elite teams like Virginia and a couple others, 
it's hard to see even on a bad day how Duke's going to lose any games. Yeah, but Jason, Am I crazy? But Duke hasn't Duke hasn't played on the road yet. Whatever <laughs> will they do when they play on the road? It's going to be so different or something. Anyway, I wanted to finish. I think it's a great point. I wanted to finish <laughs> with the um one of those tropes that we always talk about uh, year after year for Duke basketball is the shortening of the bench as the season goes on. So I think that looking at the game tonight gives you a pretty good idea of of how the bench shortening is going to go. Uh, it's the starters as of now, which includes Javon Delorier and not Marquise Bolden. And Jack White, I think, is pretty firmly the sixth man. Uh, Bolden and, and Alex O'Connell, I think, are going to keep getting minutes, but it's going to be a smaller and smaller amount, unless, unless Cam Reddish somehow... Um, sees his minutes diminished. He only played 16 minutes tonight, but but you know that, it was foul trouble and and he didn't have a great game. Like Jason mentioned, he made a, he made a, a, a number of of bad plays. But that that rotation is starting to shrink, even in a game as you said, Jason, where, where Duke won kind of going away. They were only up by seven at halftime, um, but were were in control for the entire second half. And we still only saw eight guys play double digit minutes. And and that that's going to continue to go down. It always does for Duke and and for Coach K teams. Um, so looking at those starters and then Jack White with with Bolden and O'Connell behind them is kind of it for the rotation. It's not probably not exactly what we thought coming into the season. I, I think that that all of those guys were sort of in the discussion. But as far as who shakes out as the fifth member of the starting lineup and then and then who's kind of first second third off the bench we we argued a fair bit about that but it does seem to be coalescing we'll and we'll keep watching that i guess as it goes forward yeah i'll say this about alex o'connell's minutes i think alex o'connell's minutes are directly dependent on the play of cam reddish um if cam starts playing better starts playing the way he was at the beginning of the season becomes the player that everyone knows he can be i think alex o'connell's minutes will will drop into the single digits um, because Cam will be playing close to 30 minutes a game. If Cam continues to struggle with foul trouble, if he's not able to knock down his shots, if he's turning the ball over six turnovers in 16 minutes, ugh, if if that's happening, that's when you'll see games where Alex O'Connell is playing 15 plus minutes. And I, I don't think that that's a that that's a negative reflection on Alex O'Connell, right, Jason? I think that no, Alex O'Connell no, is not. prepared. It, it's prepared to give minutes, but but Cam Reddish just has the higher ceiling. So Coach K is going to going to keep going back to him if he, he still thinks he's up for it 100 i completely agree this episode of the duke basketball report podcast is brought to you once again by those fine gentlemen at bird campbell pa with offices in florida and in texas bird campbell is your go-to duke law firm for business needs if you are in need of legal assistance and you want someone to take it to the hole, just like Zion did tonight, please go to the website at birdcampbell.com. Okay, guys, uh, we are done with Clemson and we have a big week. You know, they keep saying we haven't been on the road yet. Well, this week, we will be on the road. Uh, we will go to Wake Forest on Tuesday, and we will go to Florida State on Saturday, a week from tonight. Uh, I am going to start with Jason. Jason, what do you got on Wake or and or Florida State? I, I think we can kind of preview both these guys together. What do you expect to see from us on the road this week? Well, I want to talk mostly about Florida State because um, Wake Forest uh, – so here's what I'll give you on Wake Forest. They're the worst team in the ACC by a lot. 
Um, in fact, Wake played Georgia Tech today. Georgia Tech is probably the second worst team in the ACC, and Wake lost by double digits, and the game was not all that competitive. Uh, Wake Forest is just they're 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 not good. Um, uh, what are they in Pomeroy? They're uh, I'm looking somewhere it up in now. the 150s, way down. Yeah, yeah, they're they're uh, yes, 156 in Ken Pomeroy's rankings. That's I, I was talking a moment ago about you know, hey, even if this Duke team doesn't play well, we still beat a tournament team, a top 40 team like Clemson by 20 points. I know we're going on the road to Wake Forest. I know Wake will be up for the game. I know that it does not matter. The only thing I'm interested in seeing in this Wake Forest game, they have a guy named Jalen Horde. Um, have you guys heard of Jalen Horde? You familiar I, with him? He is, yes. he is a freshman. He's a freshman from France. Um, and he's a pretty darn good freshman. Uh, kid is 6'8", and there's lots of talk he's going to be at Wake for one season and then move on to the NBA, and that he will be you know, sort of a mid-first-round draft pick. Um, and uh, I'm interested in seeing Jalen Horde because I've never seen him play before. But uh, other than other than watching Jalen Horde, uh, if Duke doesn't win this game by 25, 30 points, I'll be shocked, and that's on the road because Wake's just not very good. So, So let me get then to the game that matters against Florida State because – this is a really important game for Florida State. Uh, Florida State went out, and we alluded to this earlier, they went out today and they played Virginia. They did not play well against Virginia. <laughs> um, the uh, Virginia, it, it was at Virginia, and Virginia is a heck of a team. Virginia is able to frustrate anyone. Virginia won the game game 65 to 52. That does not reflect the, the degree of the beatdown. Um, uh, Florida State scored a bunch of points late in the game that, to make it, sort of seem competitive. Uh, I swear at one point it was like 60 to 30. Um, that's how bad Virginia was absolutely destroying Florida State. This Florida State team was a top 10 team. They were 12 and one coming into this game. They had one loss to Virginia, but they had already on the season, they had impressive. They'd beaten Purdue, who's a good team. They'd beaten LSU, a fairly good team. They'd beaten UConn, always a decent club. Um, uh, they'd beaten Florida. They whooped Florida. They beat Florida by like almost 20 points. This, this Florida state team absolutely looked like, uh, that they deserved to be a top 10 team. Um, and they were utterly embarrassed against Virginia. And so that brings me to their game next week, um, uh, against, against Duke. I think that Florida state knows that they need to make a statement, um, they were so, so awful. They couldn't get into any kind of offense against Virginia. They took nothing but bad shots, bad three-pointers mostly. Um, I think that they are going to come into this Duke game that is at Florida State, and they're going to recognize that this is a moment for us when we have to take a stand and and tell the world that we are a team that can contend for the Final Four. Because if they get blown out by Duke, I think their season could start to slip away from them. Now, let me tell you what to look for against them really quickly. Um, Florida State is incredibly long, um, and and I mean long in two different ways. One, the traditional sense, as in they have really, really long arms, and two, long as in the size of their bench. Florida State routinely plays 11 guys. Um, it is not uncommon for, for these guys to, you know, for, for him, for uh, – uh, the Florida State coach to literally be shuffling new players in every two or three minutes, um, and and they have eleven different players who get double digit minutes um, in every game. 
uh, it and, and they try to push the pace because of that. You know, they are very big on moving the ball up and down the floor. Um, they take a lot of three pointers. Uh, and and they just figure they're going to wear you down eventually because you won't be able to keep up with the pace that they are playing. Um, uh, I, I'll say this about them. I, I looked at some advanced stats on them. Um, they turn the ball over a lot. Their turnover percentage, you ready for this? 21%. That, that means one out of every five possessions, they're turning the ball over. That that That's bad. That's like, you know. How many so of those... Jason, how many of those is going to turn into a Zion hammer throw? Yeah, that's what, I, if I'm Florida State, that's what I'm afraid of. Um, they are 288th in the country, 288 in turnover percentage. So that could be a real problem for them. Now, on the other hand, they force other teams to turn the ball over a lot. Like they're one of the top 20 teams in the country at forcing turnovers. So, you know, the, the, again, that's the pace that they play at. But uh, if, I, if, if, if you're playing Duke, Rule number one has to be don't give Duke transition points. Don't let Duke score easy buckets. Don't let Zion Williamson slam dunk all over you. And turnovers is how Duke does that. And one of the reasons, if I'm Florida State, one of the reasons I, I, I think they should be very worried, Leonard Hamilton should be very concerned about what his team does in this game against Duke, is because Duke feasts off of turnovers. It's like what we live for. We thirst hey, for turnovers. Hey, Jason, I, I just have to interrupt you quickly. I'm yep. looking at the replay again uh, for the 47th time, I think, of the Zion dunk. And it yes. actually looks like he takes off, does the full spin, dunks the ball, and then doesn't it like turns uh, 180 again. So he's facing back up the court at the end of the, the landing. So actually, it was a 540. Um, so, <laughs> so, whatever, so whatever I proved... Uh, three inches off the ground a few minutes ago. Uh, for, forget about that. Um, it's I, not. I, I want you to know, I've watched the video. Uh, you know, Donald posted it online. I just watched it a few moments ago. I don't think you fully got all the way around. What? <laughs> don't be a hater. Oh, don't be a hater. On. He made it. Don't be a hater. It's... Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I love the stretch. The fact Look, that you stretched not... beforehand and, and you weren't running. I mean, Zion had running momentum. And yeah. you were wearing blue jeans. You're wearing blue jeans, man. No one gets their full elevation in blue he jeans. He is the man of the people. He does he look, does what the people look, want. Look, I do what I have to do. Hey, <laughs> I just wanted to add I wanted to add on on Florida State. Um we watched Donald and I were watching them this afternoon in, in that Virginia game. Obviously not their best showing, but but against Virginia, whoever has their best showing unless you're unless you're UMBC, I suppose. Um the the Jason, you you pointed it out. The the number of guys that they can swap in and just the the total length of Florida State is going to be very frustrating for Duke. Not that Duke, not that Duke isn't big, um, but I don't perceive that this Duke team is is fantastically long, right? I mean, like RJ well, Barry wait, can be wait, pretty wait. long, yes, we, Javin Delorier yes. is, but not at the not the length, not the length that Florida State is. I wonder if that I, like not Chris I, Kumaji. Chris Kumaji is seven four, and I actually the, the announcer said they go. I think he's seven six. Chris Kumaji is friggin'. Yeah, he's, he's enormous. He's this enormous. dude does. This dude does not bend at the waist to tie his shoes. Let's just put it that way. And and so in a game in a game <laughs> against Duke, where where Duke's defense is also very strong, I anticipate that that Duke's defense is going to feast on Florida State. But I wonder after watching this Duke team have an uneven offensive performance against Clemson, I wonder who's going to be the offensive driver for Duke against Florida State. And, and it could be a number of guys. It could just be that that Jack White comes in and makes 
four or five threes or, or, or Trey Jones makes those threes or he's able to dribble around guys. But I don't think, I don't think they've played a team that exactly looks like this yet. Gonzaga is big, but Florida state I think is, is longer and, and they're going to have that advantage. And they're obviously playing in Tallahassee. And, and as everyone knows, when Duke goes on the road, I mean, you know, it's just a totally different game. So um, I think it'll be a good test for Duke early in the ACC season, especially with some other premium opponents like Syracuse and Virginia coming up right after them. Duke has a Duke has a tough stretch here right at the beginning of ACC season after they get, you know, th- this game at home against Clemson and then and then a fairly easy road game against Wake Forest uh, on Tuesday night. I, I did want to circle back to that game really quick and just note that uh, I, I you know don't want to preview them like too hard because as Jason already pointed out it's not the um it's it's not the toughest opponent that Duke is going to play on the road this year they they hopefully no. will win they hopefully will win the game um but uh that doesn't mean they shouldn't be focused it is their first road game and and you can never underestimate even a bad ACC crowd um getting excited to to play Duke and Wake Forest is certainly has certainly been able to beat Duke in Winston-Salem in the past. Uh, not sure it's happening this year, but um, hopefully Duke comes out a little bit more focused than they look tonight against Clemson to to kind of make that an easy win so that they can look ahead at at the the much tougher slate that's coming in right after them. So the couple of things that I want to add to close this out is about Florida State is, you know, first of all, we they have guys that everyone should be familiar with. You know, Phil Kofer is a senior. Trent Forrest is a junior. Uh, you know, Chris Kumaji is a senior. You know, they have these guys Terrence, that Terrence Mann is a senior. I mean, right. like, they have a lot of seniors, all a lot of best juniors. Players are, yeah. They, they, and even yeah. like, you know, Kabanjale, like he's a sophomore. They have guys who, I mean, this is a very veteran laden team. These guys are not going to be scared of us. Uh, you know, there's some teams that come out and they're like, oh my God, we're facing who? Uh, game over. And, and we, you know, the game is over before the ball is tipped. This is not going to be that way against Florida State. And I'll mention this quick note. Talking with a couple of friends that I have from Florida State, they, you know, their basketball program is about beating two teams. It's about beating, you know, Miami is not, yes, yeah, a rival, but in basketball, it's about how do they play against UNC and how they play against Duke. This is their, this, we are the gold standard for them in the ACC. Beating them means that they are a basketball program. Losing to them means they have work to do. So they're going to be up for this game. Uh, and I think that is the main test for these guys. And, you know, what, what will be a very difficult road test. We've lost there on the road before. And it's because we didn't seize the moment and, and really uh, counteract the momentum that they are going to have and the energy that they are going to put out for their fans. Those fans want it. The team wants it. Our guys got to respond with the same energy that we were, you know, giving in the second half here against Clemson. So um, that is that comes with being number having number one next to your name is everyone's going to give you your best shot. We should expect to take Florida States on Saturday night. Can we withstand that pressure? That's the real. Hey, and, and, and by the way, by the way, uh, UNC does not come to Florida state this year. Virginia does not come to Florida state this year. Duke comes to Florida state. Yep. And that is, so this is their game. This is, yeah, yeah, this, this is the Super Bowl for them. This is their biggest game of the year you know, until you get to the ACC tournament and then the NCAA tournament. But in terms of the regular season, this is their Super Bowl. We got to be ready for the intensity and the pressure they're going to bring. Also, this is your annual reminder that Leonard Hamilton is 70 years old. I mean, he's so much older than he looks. No, he, I mean, he's not 70. He looks like he's 42. I know. And <laughs> I, I just confirmed, like, like, forget 
as long as they are coaching and as long as they live, Leonard Hamilton is just a little bit older than Coach K. Yeah, that's crazy. That's un- um, I, I can't believe that. Has he, not- he could be he we- literally could be my grandmother or grandfather and looks like my cousin. I think this is low key actually one of my favorite topics that I'm pretty sure I bring up every year. And every year it's like, <laughs> wait, Leonard Hamilton is how old exactly? But yeah, there, never- you know what? But he's tough, and and that's and 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 the team I feel like always reflects Leonard Hamilton's sort of general menacing style, uh, and and it 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 does well for them, so it it works. But the man is seventy years old. You know, when Leonard Hamilton was born, people didn't have cars. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I can't believe this came up twice in a show. He, a, not, guys, he coached really Miami. Fun. He coached Miami. He coached Miami almost thirty years ago. Like he Good started at Miami right. in nineteen ninety. Oh my god, you're right. You're right. And then he oh went god. to the Wizards before he went to Florida State. Like he's he's been around the block. Several this is now times. this is now the second time we've talked about old people and the second time we've talked about the Wizards on this show. Do we have <laughs> do we have do we have any, any any good content? I mean Okay, wait, wait. Um Zion Williamson dunked uh the name basketball out of our name. So uh, that'll be the third time we talked about his dunk. So that will that will take precedent. It, it has won tonight again. Um, okay, guys, we're going to go to player of the week, um, really as player of the one game. Um, I have a feeling what I think is going to be, so I'm going to add a couple of candidates to this. One is the actual dunk, not Zion Williamson, the actual <laughs> 360 dunk. And the other is RJ Barrett's celebration. Go. Uh, Sam, I start with you. All right. There was a point in the game where Zion Williamson like dribbled the ball off of his foot or, or he was going for a loose ball and the ball like dribbled off of his foot and, and, and sort of rolled out of bounds and he couldn't corral it. And Donald, I think you had the best reaction to that, which you said something along the lines of that ball knew what was going to happen to it. And it just wanted yeah. to run away. Yeah. <laughs> the ball was not ready. To, the ball was it not ready to away. be violently uh, handled like that. Yeah. So the, 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 ball wasn't, the ball wasn't putting up with that mess. Uh, Zion Williams. I don't know how I could not pick a guy who had 25 points and 10 rebounds, but I kind of want to pick Trey Jones because I think when the game was in doubt, Trey was not in doubt. And, and uh, you know, so, uh, I, all right, yeah, I'm going to pick Trey Jones. Nine assists, no turnovers, captained the offense the whole time. 10 points in a game and most of those points were scored early on when Duke was struggling. Uh, I'm going with Trey Jones as my player of the game. Uh, that is a fine pick, Jason. Uh, I am not going to fault you for who I think is uh, you were talking about him being the MVP of the team. I think unsung hero uh, would be something that would also be a label that fits him. Um, but I am going with Zion Williamson because he literally just at yes. Yeah. I'm going with him. Um, no disrespect to anybody on planet Earth. Um, I will say R.J. Barrett's celebration was a close second. <laughs> That's why I threw no, it in. You, you know, the close second was Jack White, who yeah. had a hell of a game. No, Jack hell White. Every, we, we had a lot of great performances tonight, but, yeah, yeah there's there's only one for me, and it's, it's Zion. I'm sorry, guys. Um, yep. All right, we're going to wrap up with uh, parting shots. Um, Jason, I will go to you first. Gentlemen, do you know what happens this coming week? This coming week, January 10th at 9 p.m., 
the Cameron, the, 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 the line monitors will usher all the tents, representatives from the tents into Cameron to take the trivia test. There have been well over 100 tents that have signed up to, uh, to, to, to tent for the Carolina game. And because there's so many of them that signed up, they have to take a trivia test to determine which 70 tents, because they only allow 70 to sign up at the beginning of, of the second semester. You know, and you have to score really well on that trivia test to to be one of the first 70 tents. Um, and then what they do is after in a couple of weeks, they'll they'll like allow folks to sign up to be like the next 30 tents. And then you can and then a couple of weeks later, you can be like the next 30 after that or something like that. I, I forget how I don't know how the whole process works, but um, I am so excited because usually what happens is after they do the test, they put the test online. Um, and I'm, I'm eager to see what the questions are like, eager to see how we could score. I, I continue to believe that the three of us, if we were tenting, would be in tent number one, baby. But I just think it's really cool that, uh, that they're doing the, um, the, the, the tent test this week. That's cool. Uh, uh, I, I got to meet one of the, uh, a couple of the former line monitors uh, during halftime uh, when I was catching up with some folks. Uh, I did not know about the trivia thing being this week, um, but I'm pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure I would not pass the test because I would be administering the test if I went back to school. Um, you know, he, former headline monitor, baby. Um, Sam, to you, your parting shot. Uh, on our way into the game tonight, Donald and I ran into perhaps the greatest Duke basketball report podcast guest of all time, Ken Denard who was uh, attending the game with, with a number of other very large gentlemen. And we said hi to him. So that was, that was cool. So, uh, so just a reminder, if you haven't heard the episode with Kenny Denard, uh, go back and listen to it. Cause man, it is, it is some, like we didn't even have to do anything for that show. I, I'm, I'm not here to, to give us too much credit for producing great content, but man, when we have Kenny Denard on the show, you know, that's, that's just, that's where the good stuff comes from. So uh, just a reminder that that's maybe, be the best episode we've ever done go back and listen to it no that was a good one and shout out to kenny denard um look I, you see him in person and you're like wow he is a you know a very massive human being um but he also has a like radiant character that you you knew as soon as you walked up like wow this dude is clearly the life of the party uh and someone you want to be around and just you know soak up as much time as you can with him so shout out to kenny um and I will also point out uh, also at this game, uh, a very quick uh, heads up to, uh, you know, we always play ourselves out with the Duke band, um, but the Duke alumni uh, marching band, uh, they completed their 150th game uh, uh, tonight over the course of 10 years. Uh, so I'm sorry, 15 years. Um, they started in 2004. Um, shout out to them. Uh, they were bringing back some of the old hits uh, that used to rock Cameron back in the day before these young Thundercats came and, and you know, came with some of the newer stuff. Uh, but uh, I, I want to give a shout out to them. Uh, it was good to see a lot of uh, former guys uh, that were band members back when I was in school, um, back in uh, the stands playing. One had never been back to Cameron since he graduated. So it was cool to see his face and, and really uh, see people like that be able to come back and experience uh, Cameron the way they used to in college. So uh, shout out to our Duke alumni marching band.
And hey, and, and hey, yeah. pour one out, Donald. Pour one out for the Rock Lobster. I mean, yes, they finally played it. Um, I need the regular Duke band. I need you guys to bring that back. Um, that's not for you. That's for that's for us. Um, we're not us, the, us. we're not we're not the crotchety old guys in Cameron, but we're we're getting there. We're working. We're on getting it. there. Um, so yes, Rock Lobster absolutely needs to come back. Um, just go ahead and make it happen for us. Um, and that's going to do it for episode number one forty one. Hey, wait, 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 Donald. Uh-oh. Can I do a bonus parting shot? Really, you really sure quick? can. So, um, in two thousand six, thirteen years ago, NASA launched the New Horizons spaceship. Yeah. Hold on, it hold on, flown. hold on. NASA, NASA didn't launch the New Horizons oh, spaceship. Who launched right. it? That well, so uh, I don't know if I've ever talked about this before. This is this is my old life was was working in space launch, and it was launched by United Launch Alliance, which is the company I used to work for. Mm. Um, so so big ups to them. But continue the uh, continue the story. In 2006, 13 years ago, some dudes launched the New Horizons spacecraft. <laughs> there are also there also are women who work there. Uh, some people and dudettes. Some, some great some great folks. Some great rocket launch folks. Anyway, talk about New Horizons. It was up in the air, okay? They put it up in the air. It has flown 4 billion miles. It arrived at Ultima Thule, which is an object in space that is about the size of, like, I think it's like the size of Durham or something. It's like, it's not that big. Um, uh, it, it's traveling 9 miles per second. That's how fast it's going. And NASA launching this thing 13 years ago hit Ultima Thule like exactly on target. Like it's, it's amazing what they've been able to do with this. And I just want to have some perspective on that, that, that NASA was successful in flying this probe for 13 years, 4 billion miles, exactly to where they wanted it to go. And yet Duke can't hit better than 70% of our free throws from 15 feet from the basket. Oh, I thought you were going to say that. I thought you were going to say that, that the next thing that new horizons is going to encounter is Zion Williamson. No, that's true. That's pretty clever. No, I, I went for a free throw joke instead. Ah, yes. Very good. <laughs> you know what? With that, <laughs> we are now going to end episode 141 of the Duke Report podcast. Um, we are going to petition Zion to allow us to use the name basketball next week. Um, but it might take a minute because he's going to be on the road traveling for business. So uh, until then, for myself on Sam's couch, for Sam in his bedroom 10 feet away, And for Jason in Philadelphia, uh, this is the Duke Basketball Report podcast. Uh, I said basketball anyway. Duke Ben, take us home. Hey, hey, can we call him Jumpin' Sam Klein from now on? Or 360 Sam. Oh, 360 Sam. That's the nickname I'm doing with that, that. that. That's the name I've always wanted. And so it shall be done.